My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Something like that. Judd's Hockey Show. Judd's post-game hockey show after a wild ass-kicking. Uh, whatever you want to call it, it's Judd, it's AJ, and we are here to react to, well, what was a pretty busy day with news, because we're going to get to the Jared Spurgeon thing, uh, which is part of why we are doing this podcast, but might as well start with a wild 7-3 loss, and AJ, I'm just going to tell you right now, just as a starting point, okay, and there were a ton of breakdowns tonight, the defense in their own zone, it was terrible, um, all of that being said, though, this is why the Wild should just accept their fate. This is why, like, I, I'm not even upset by it at this point in time. Um, and I do not think, uh, I do, I, you know, there might have been a goal or two that Gus wants back, but they gave up, he gave up seven goals, and I don't think he played poorly. I think he made some great saves. Um, I'm not upset by this. I think that this is where acceptance becomes crucial. And I think if you are Bill Guerin, you need to accept the fact that the season's done. Like, play play hard and, and you yeah. know what the wild tried tonight there were times third period they were hopelessly behind and they were trying it's over it's done and tonight was another example of why when you play a team that by the way is not a killer team that this is not the two-time stanley cup champion this is a this is a tampa bay team that's very competent and good but you know this is not the team that won cups necessarily uh but their high-end talent just kicks your ass and I think that that is the key of why it has to be all about acceptance now. Yeah, and it's it's genuinely frustrating. Like, oh, it's a letdown to me that we're calling it this early in the season. There's still about half the year left, in a sense, you know. <laughs> but yeah. it's the, the hole that they've put themselves in, and how good other teams look. And the, you, you know, even if you go on a run, you're not going to get the points back that get you in a good spot, in a sense doing good is going to only shoot yourself in the foot and push you further away from what your end goal is. Cause you know that this team right now with the way that they're playing and the way that uh, SSPF is saying with kind of the puck luck going against them in here tonight as well, this team cannot win a Stanley cup. And if you do end up playing better, you're pushing yourself away from getting a guy that can potentially help you win a Stanley cup down the road. So either way, winning is losing at this point, whereas losing could potentially be winning down the road. So, um, it's going to be a long second half of the season uh, for this for this club for the fan base, um, and I want to say the optimist in me says, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be worth it at some point as long as, like you said, Judd, they commit to it. Yeah. it like me on Twitter, sometimes you got to commit to the bit, and the bit for this team right now is to just lose and get a high draft pick. Commit to who you are. You talk about identity, Bill Garen. You talk about your culture put aside the culture and just accept your true identity. You are not Batman. You are the guy in the dark night that dressed up as Batman and then immediately got caught by the Joker. You are the faux Batman here. You are the schlub who is at beer league with a gut belly. That's fine. Just be that guy the rest of the season and get a good draft pick. That's totally fine. Do you really think the puck luck cost them? Like, I guess they, there was some eh, puck yeah. luck that went against them, but I think it just came down to Tampa Bay skilled guys kicked your ass and you couldn't stop him. And I'm sorry, if Jared Spurgeon was playing, he wouldn't have stopped him either. Like you are, you're just not. And, and, and I say this all through a very important prism, which is this. And I told this to Declan and Jesse Pierce on JHS on Wednesday. And I will stand by this until I'm simply proven wrong. I think the future's bright, man. Mm -hmm. I think the future's bright. We, we talked about this uh, two podcasts ago age. 
you got some really good prospects. You've got some really nice, t- talented. I mean, Marco Rossi had some moments, difficulties in his own zone tonight, but he also made some really nice plays offensively, scored a goal, looked good to me. You know, Faber starting to struggle, but my God, the kid is being asked to, you know, I I think I, I have become the ultimate Brock apologist, but I mean, you know, what, what you're asking that kid to do. Um, so like, I don't think all, all hope is lost. I just think what you said is exactly right. What I said is right, which is just accept your fate. Mm-hmm. And like, and we'll, we'll get to, we'll get to the Spurgeon in injury itself, but you know, with him not surprisingly being declared out for the season, I immediately saw, well, Bill Guerin might go and try to trade for, uh, a pending free agent defenseman. Why? Like, what are you going to give up? I mean, I, I wouldn't give up any draft pick. Like, if, you know, if you want to go get somebody for free off the scrap heap, okay, I guess so. But, I mean, I'm not going to give up any of my draft picks because I might use those. I might use them to make trades. Like, what's the incentive? Just accept it. Acceptance. Just, you know what? And, and heck, I love tonight you, because you've played young defensemen and you find out. And, you, and, and there's no better time to do it. There's no better time to do it than right now and find out because you're going to have kids coming up. Um, you're going to have competition and this will improve everybody. This will also give, give you a really nice. And you know, the more we, we watch this age, John Hines, I think is here. And yes, it was an 11 and three start and we all mm-hmm. raved and it, it, they looked damn good. They were moving yeah. the puck really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you know, since then two, eight and one with Hines, and it's looking more and more like he is here as as for the time being a gatekeeper until they can get to training camp next uh, next fall, mm-hmm. which I'm fine with as well. So I'm not going to go out and make a trade. I'm not going to go out and make some type of substantial deal to to you know oh perhaps I can get Matt Dumba back or something. Screw that. Just go. Just as Scott says, and as we've said about the teams before. Embrace the suck. It's fine, especially because the suck is probably only going to make you stronger with your prospect pool that I already like. Um, Quickly, I do need to address this comment. I did lie on the good old X machine on Twitter. We were told it was to my knowledge that Jesse Pierce would be joining us. She had some other stuff come up. Um, So I do apologize for anybody coming specifically to see Jesse. I understand um why that's a bigger draw than myself but uh sorry to disappoint there um yeah with with this team i feel like it's just i we're constantly waiting judd we're constantly waiting you you wait for a big signing a big superstar back in 2012 july 4th they signed parisian suitor side by side i was young and naive at the time that was the greatest day of my life i loved it i was old and i loved it so don't feel there we go Eventually, the sun sets on that. Okay, you know what? That wasn't that wasn't the move. But guess what? They've got this guy Kirill Kaprizov. They drafted him, and he looks pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. They, they've moved on, and all this stuff, and blah blah blah. He signs a three-year extension in the KHL. Oh boy! Now we got to wait three more years. Oh, he finally comes over. Thank goodness. But now you're still in this this cap uh, salary cap dilemma. You don't really have this. You're, you, you're playing essentially with a hand tied behind your back compared to every other team. You still have another year after this that uh, you're dealing with it. And now this season it's uh, injury after injury that's stacking up. You're just constantly waiting. And now once again, it's like, well, it looks like the future is going to be it. I'm Judd. I'm just sick of waiting. So this um, has been, but you're going to have to wait. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm 
I'm with you totally. I hear you and I agree with you, but you're going to have to wait again, man. Like mm-hmm. there's no getting, and, and I'm with you as well. Parisian Suter, the day that they signed will forever be the biggest free agency day in the history of this state, you know, cause like Favre came in here, but that, but that wasn't like, a, Oh my God, you got this guy for a, a long term. Like for one day, the wild made us the Yankees. They were, we in this state were the Yankees. We were the Dodgers. We were the big, bad, badass. We're going to kick your butt. We're going to go sign two top guys. And, and it, it helped a team that wasn't at that point in time selling out. And yes, we all bought into, there's going to be a Stanley cup parade down West seventh. It's going to be fantastic. That was totally erroneous in retrospect. Um, But you're going to have to wait again. And that's what Garen has to accept too. Mm-hmm. Like that's what, and perhaps he has, I don't, that's not in his DNA. But we are going to have to to wait again. But I would argue that the future looks, again, optimistic if you just allow this to go. And I I saw a comment, um, it's now passed on my screen, from Jason about are we tanking or are we just this bad? And my response is this. Okay, there. Is it safe to say we are tanking or are we this bad? I think that that question is very, very... um, difficult to answer because i think it dovetails i think both parts of that question dovetail into the same point which is you need to accept like you don't you don't purposely for the most part unless you really tear things apart you don't purposely tank okay but you're not very good you're not that good and i think i think what you do is like you don't necessarily yet it's not like you're stripping guys away but when you look at spurgeon being hurt and and now he's gone don't replace them. Okay. Is that tanking or is that just acceptance? <laughs> you know, as Di- Diane says, we are this bad. And yeah, they're just not that good. But but I don't also hate what I see. There's things I hate. There's players. Marcus Johansson, dude, I, I, I don't know what we're doing here. Um, Boldy, uh, I know he's got a bunch of goals with Hines, but he continues to appear and disappear. He is mm-hmm. He's a... He is a true magician in the sense of the word that he disappears at times and then he comes back and then he, he disappears. Uh, I didn't see Kaprizov much tonight, but uh, you know, I thought Rossi offensive zone wise played well. The defense looked certainly the entire defense had problems, mm-hmm. but I don't, but I don't think that it's just uh like, I don't think this team is that good. And I think that's what presents the opportunity to sort of just sit back here and try and get as high in the lottery as possible and not be upset about this because I'm not watching them now. And I'd be curious to get your response to this. I'm not watching them now and, and thinking, man, if they just had one guy give a bit more or one guy, do, there's some guys I'd love to see subtracted. But I watched t- tonight and I just said, you know what? Tampa Bay in a very good Eastern conference right now, age is a wild card team. Okay. That was a wild card team. Um, And so I watched that and I say, do the wild stack up at all? And the answer unequivocally is no. Yeah. And this is, this was my fear about some of the recency following the win over the Islanders in the, you know, the celebratory five, five, two win for Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah. They looked amazing that game, but that's the Islanders and the Islanders are, they, they, they might be able to like battle for a wild card spot down the stretch here. They're, you know, they're back a few points, but 
that is not a solid hockey team. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a solid hockey team, and like you said, they are a wild card team right now in the East. The the wild, you saw them against the Flyers. You saw them against the Coyotes. This this is what the norm is. They're going to have that kind of pop up, and the guys are just going to be buzzing, and you know things are going to be firing all cylinders. Pucks are just going to find their stick, and then hey, you know, look at that empty net. Uh, let's just tap it in. This is going to be the night that is going to be the majority of nights for the Minnesota Wild here moving forward the remainder of the season. Um, I, I see I see a lot of people always talking, and it's been I think a little more prevalent here the past couple of days. Put Merrill on waivers, send him down, like put just caught him. Oh no, no, no! I'll no, tell I'm you flagging. why. I am going to be a John Merrill super fan. He Me is too. my MVP the next half of the season. That guy is going to be a mu- first name on my lineup card every single night if, you're, if I'm John Hines. No reason that he should be in the press box. Amazing to help if we're going for a draft pick, which this is what I know. I know that they're not technically eliminated. And uh, growing up, that was my life. Well, if they're still got a chance, then I want to cheer for them. I, I I can't do it. The, this team is going to make me just go gray. I'm going to have bags under my more though, more so than I do already. Um, they, they need to uh, just embrace what they are right now, which is not a very good hockey team. What did, did you make of the between periods uh, report on the ESPN plus telecast from Kevin weeks, who, by the way, is very plugged in. So like mm-hmm. he is, he, he's a former player. He's not a journalist, but he definitely is plugged in as hell. And he tries to get stories. Um, what did you think of hit his report that it sounds like Garen already getting calls on flower? Uh, we, we've talked about this and if flurry wants out and wants to go to a contender, absolutely. He deserves that respect. Uh, but what did you make of that? And as we cycle through this, I will maintain that if I had my druthers, I would much prefer trading Gustafson because the return would be so much more. And I don't think that it's the way things shake out that Gustafson is like this huge part. I mean, again, he played well tonight, dude, and they gave up seven goals. I I can get what's his face? Zane McIntyre from Iowa to give up 14, yeah. you know, like who cares if it's seven or 14. So what was your response or your thoughts about that report? And how would you approach that? I think that that's good news to me. Um, in the sense that I think other teams are, it, it confirms my belief on what this team is. And I think other teams of other hockey minds and front offices are making the call and saying, Hey, what are we thinking here for one of your net minders? I think they understand what I am led to believe and what I see on a nightly basis with this team. I would like to hope that Bill Guerin is smarter than what we, I'm not that, that, that that's going to be a poor way of phrasing, phrasing it, but I want to think that he played the maybe we will, maybe we won't card uh, the other day in that pregame presser about what's he going to do. Um, are we trading? Are we not? Um, I think he would like to believe that they can make a push, but I think he knows that they won't. And so he, I want him to make a decision on what he's doing sooner than later because mm-hmm. it's it, it, I don't want the stock market to crash on him. Yeah. If that makes sense. Don't Agreed. wait too long because if that clock continues to tick down and down and down, the seller, if you're stuck with them, you can only demand a certain price. 
if you do it now while there's time, you can you can essentially set the market at this at this point if you really wanted to make a move. Um, and I'm with you. I think Gustafson would be the guy to go. But we've had this conversation, I think, now four or five times about Mark Andre Fleury, where if he wants to go, you have to let him because there's going to yeah. be teams that, like like Kevin Week said, are calling. Um, Toronto, I think, probably is a club that would be interested. I think Colorado would be an interesting one now because they do need help. Alex Alexander about, Georgiev is not looking like their guy. How about the Devils? The Devils Ooh. need goaltending help, and the Devils, when Jack Hughes comes back, they they might be a fringe playoff team, but they but if they get healthy. If you were to send the Devils Gustafson and a defenseman, you would get a ton of capital back. You'd get so much back from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm I'm with you. You know what? We are seeing like the some very important deadline deals made now, way before the deadline, which we didn't used to, but it feels like in in recent years we definitely are. And I'm with you. Set the market. Establish the market. Mm-hmm. Don't sit back and wait and wait and wait. And then you know as, as it gets down. To, to the gun, which is, is it feels like what Fletcher did and certainly what Fenton did the year that he made, he made some trades. I think he traded Nino early and then waited. But anyway, the point is I love the thought of making trades of being the first to make trades and New Jersey definitely needs a goaltender. And they definitely, cause I think that Dougie Hamilton might come back for the playoffs. He might not. So just, Floating that out there is a possibility of a team that definitely would be a good fit in at least one area with a wild. What do you think of this question by Jacoby Booman? First off, um, quick note of kind of the timetable of things. We saw Bill Guerin, I want to say was it last year, the John Klingberg trade that was like it materialized out of the out of the blue. At the end. He had made he had made the call with Anaheim. They said, you know yep. what, we're gonna sit pretty. We've got some other options. Guess what? No, they didn't. They just didn't like the price at the time. And that only helped hurt them because Bill Garrett called back. Guess what? The price dropped. Um, granted, you know, maybe it didn't work out for the wild, but for for the time, that was a great trade on his part. You didn't give up a whole lot for a guy that at the time, like on paper, it's kind of what you wanted, it's kind of what you needed. Uh, but the point is make a trade sooner than later. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. But uh, to Jacoby's question, what do you realistically think that Gus can bring back for the wild in a trade? I had been saying that I, that I would sort of make the type of trade that the wild made with the Blackhawks for flower, which was, I think a second round pick that would have kicked up to a first round pick conditionally. If the wild had made the Western conference finals, silly us, <laughs> <laughs> they got eliminated in the first round. Um, but I I got a note from a guy a couple of days ago on, on X that said, that's too low. And I thought about it. I was like, you know what? You're probably right. I would probably go for a first round pick because he's got term left. Gustas. He's got mm-hmm. term left. He's younger. Um, he could become their, you know, if you, if you send him to the right team, like Flower could go to Colorado and back up Gorgiev. If you send him to New Jersey, Gustafson could be like their top guy. So I would probably go for just flat out at least a first round pick. Yeah. You? And if anything, it's got to be the weakest uh, conditional thing of all time, which is like they win a game in the playoffs. Like they don't get swept. He starts more than half of their you know postseason games, something along those lines, just for the sake of the illusion of on paper. Some people are going to say, oh, they only traded a second round pick, blah, blah, blah. But. Yeah, it Gustafson, given his AAV, given that he's not a one and done, he's not a rental pick. this year. 
first yeah. round, it, it whatever the final result should be a first round, whether mm -hmm. that is in illusion or solidified up front, but first round, absolutely. And if you were to trade him in June or July, you would not get that. But at the deadline with a team that's desperate, and again, when when Jersey gets you, you know, Jack Hughes back and they've had a very roller coaster like up and down season. But they, if they make the playoffs and they have things right and some goaltending, they could make a run. So, yeah, I think a first-round pick. Um, and to Robbie's point here, too. Mm -hmm. To Robbie's point, you're not only going to get the pick, that's almost the cherry on top, you're going to get more losses. Because like you said, and I think I agree, he played, despite the score, yeah. pretty solid tonight for giving up that number. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's tough when people your defensemen are just turning the puck over right at the top of the zone with nobody else to you know cover the puck carrier but um you know you're going to add more losses which then in turn it's a win-win on both ways you're getting more capital and you're increasing your own capital because you're going to lose more games this uh last thing off this game this penalty kill is just absolutely atrocious uh yeah. the lightning now in their last two games against the ducks and wild are six for six on, on the power play their power play is the best in the league uh the wild i've I looked this up at the start of the game was fifth from last fifth worst power or PK in the entire league. I'm sure they're last now. Um, this is the type of thing too, where I think Heinz, like you've got to get this fixed. You got to get it fixed next year in training camp. But I mean, that PK is just absolutely atrocious. Okay. Let's finish up with Spurgeon talk. Let's do it. So he's out for the season, which we speculated on. Now I thought it, it was the shoulder that he had hurt in Chicago in the preseason that was a reoccurring problem. Well, it turns out that Garen announced today it's not the shoulder. It is wear and tear for a hip and back problem. Um, he uh, Jared is what, 33, 34 years old age? Yeah, 34. Uh, 34, okay. So this is worth being concerned about. Number one, when you hear about hips and hockey players, like, you know, um, uh, Patrick Kane had that, new resurfacing of, of his hip done and he's come back for Detroit. But that being said, he missed extensive, extensive time and it derailed his career completely for a year plus uh, a back problem. I guess if, if a hip problem with a hockey player is a top your list of uh oh's, a back problem is a close second. I think you gotta, you know, and I hope he's back next season. I hope everything is fine. All of that being said, I think it would be naive not to be concerned about his career. And if, if, and when he does come back with as small as he is in the position he plays, just how much he looks like the Jared Spurgeon who was at the top of his game a couple of years ago. Yeah, this is, I, I don't know if there could be a worse player for this to happen to on the wild, just because of like his age, his role, um, how like his level of play prior to the injury and what he's been doing, like he there's not a, I'd maybe Brodeen, but in to my mind, there's not too many defensemen that fly under the radar for their performance as much as him. Um, he is like he's not the biggest of guys, but his mental uh game, like knowing where to be, where to position his stick, how to cut guys off, drive them yep. wide, given a lower frame. Um, I mean, it's it's top of the class stuff. But when it comes to this injury, I mean, if it's one or the other, it'd be a completely different conversation. But needing back and hip stuff, that that's that's your skating. That's your mobility. That's your flexibility out there. You're constantly being in that hunched over position. You're constantly in the, and we talked about this with 
uh, Kaprizov as he was kind of easing back into his uh, normal form. But the hips, you're constantly opening your body up. You're shifting your weight. If you don't have that type of that health, you just can't play at a high level. So it's either A, full recovery. Things get back to normal. Everything's good next season. B, you're not at 100%. You're not what you were, but you're smart enough and good enough to be able to adjust your game. And, and you know, given he's a smaller guy and all this stuff, he, like he's already had to adjust his game. I would like to see, given who he is, how much more he can. Or C, it's just maybe he comes back, but it, you can tell it's not the same guy. It's a considerable drop off in playing ability. It's um, you know, he almost becomes probably a liability out there. And then you have the conversation of it. It changes the viewpoint of the fan base of, like I said, the recency I think is so heavy with fan bases where if he goes and plays a half season where he's just a liability, he's wearing the C and all this stuff. The attention's going to be on him. The spotlight's going to be on him because of the comeback it's not going to be good. And then you're going to have that burden of, will he ever find that form again? I don't think so. If you don't see that right away, it's, I mean, it's pretty much all but done. What concerns me a lot too is one, his size and two, his position. And three, this is, and we shouldn't be surprised, but with his size and with the position he plays, I mean, this sounds like just wear and tear from, from trying to compensate for being small, right? Trying to move guys out, trying to go into corners. I mean, we've seen this guy, and to his credit, but he's taken some hellacious hits. Like, and this is all part of that. And so my concern is, okay, and, and I'm glad he is, or I'm glad that the team is addressing the, this now because mm-hmm. it gives him a chance to get back for training camp if all goes well. And there's no guarantee that that happens. But if he comes back next year, my concern now is, okay, He's not going to have grown. So like, is it one, one or two hits again that start the attrition process? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think this one is worth keeping a very close eye on and being very concerned about now, all of that being said, it's going to give certain guys more of a chance. Yes. You know, it's going to give guys a chance and they do again, have some guys, some defensemen coming up uh, just as importantly as, as we discussed the last time, that we recorded an episode of this show. And as you talked about, this gives you a chance if you get a top 10 pick, which you should to take a defenseman and eventually replace him. So all of this, we have to wait and see, but I certainly did not expect the news that came down. I expected that he would be out for the season. I did not think that it it would be this. And this has definitely been a hip in the back made me rethink where Jared Spurgeon is at with this team and what the realistic ability he is going to have to return as the player that we once knew. Yeah. Um, and I think Stout here has a pretty good viewpoint on it. And I think I agree with him. Yes. I, I know immediately everybody pulls out the, well, who are the UFA D men out there that uh, the wild could go and acquire? Who should they go get to fill this hole? They got more cap space, right? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go see. I heard Dumba. Can can you get done? But now I don't think the Coyotes, who are actually a pretty good team, are going to trade a guy contributing, no. which I think he is contributing. But yes, now they got cap space. Use that cap space. That that should not be the the mindset. That should not be your first first priority. If anything, you get some, you get another John Merrill. You say, hey, could, do you have a twin, sir? Can we sign him for the rest of the season? We got Goose. Uh, well, I'll just 
I'm how stupid of me. I'll, pay I'm the Minus Brothers. <laughs> Just pay John Merrill and Goose as your as your third pair. Like and and you know what? You can rotate them. Play kids one night. Play them together the next. I'm telling you, they're the Minus Brothers. They're a guaranteed minus three every night if they play together. You've heard of the the Charleston Chiefs Hanson brothers. Now it's the Minus brothers. The Minus coming brothers to the, coming to the, the X, Minus X brothers. Just center. you know, guys on the ice for goals against. You know, consistently number four and thirty three. Um, here here's what I and this is a lot of cap space to just kind of have now putting him on LTIR. But I I want to see the first priority. You're no longer the Minnesota Wild approaching the deadline. You are the Minnesota middlemen. You are the team that is holding on to cap space for others as they wheel and deal at the deadline. Oh, that's fine. You can't afford a a 1.5 million cap hold. Well, guess what? We've just had 7.75 million allocated and we have a deal for you. It's only going to cost you the low, low price of a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick. That's fine. We can wheel and deal. We have no problem doing your dirty business. The Minnesota middlemen are going to be charging Love up it. the draft board, stacking up those picks, raking in all the capital. And I cannot wait to watch this happen. I love this thought. The only problem, and, and we actually talked about this on the show Wednesday with uh, Declan and Jesse, the without a cap guy, the report from the athletic is that the, that the national hockey league central registry office is helping the wild with their cap and that there's not necessarily a person in the building that now understands the cap which is where you made some great trades last year oh, what no. you, you uh you you got dimitri orlev from washington and sent mm-hmm. him to boston ror from what um at the time toronto yeah toronto and and sent him L- or no 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 i'm sorry from st louis and sent him to toronto that's but right. the point is but but the point is you have to have a, I mean, I, I ain't claiming I get the cap myself, but you got to have that guy. So does Billy have somebody who can actually help him? I love your idea. I love the thought, but I'm going to tell you right now, I give Bill Guerin as much of a chance of, of really comprehending the cap as I do AJ or Judd, which is to say it's probably pretty small. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he ain't a mathematician and neither are we. Well, I shouldn't speak for you. Neither am I. <laughs> I'm the I'm the furthest furthest thing from. I would say that's why I'm sitting here talking to you and not with my three roommates who I lived with in college, who are all uh, accountants in in that field of of have, work. Have them join I, us. <laughs> hey, I'll I'll call them up. They can crunch some numbers for us. I'm sure they wouldn't mind. All right, sir. Thanks much. We're done. Um, again, a well, you you could call it a very disheartening, disastrous performance in Tampa Bay, or you could call it opportunity. Knocking again as the Wild moves up the tankathon, which is not a bad thing. Tomorrow night, the Florida Panthers, I believe, correct? Yes. Is that and then Carolina on Sunday? Mm-hmm. I see two more opportunities to continue this horrid stretch of hockey. And yes. you know what the best thing about those two games are? We're on the East Coast, 6 p.m. puck drop tomorrow, 4 p.m. on Sunday. Nothing like a little matinee action. Oh God. Yeah. There's nothing. The gone are the Northwest division days of nine o'clock starts <laughs> when Judd did not like that. All right, sir. Thanks much. Check out all of the score North uh, stuff at our YouTube channel. Much appreciated for, for those who watched. And if you're listening now, just remember uh, there's nothing like an opportunity to reset your team.